Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome back to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. Um, and, and I'm Rob. I just want to make sure, Michael, that you're going to conduct yourself in a way that is a good example for your well, children while as, we're on this. As soon as you say conduct yourself automatically, my brain, for whatever reason, started thinking of giving the most horrible examples possible. And I don't know why, but that's exactly where my brain went. <laughs> I hope you conduct yourself and all of a sudden, like, I need to make a fart joke. And I don't know why, but that's how my brain still works, even at this age. It is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, as soon as you're like, behave, I'm like, I don't want to. Like, the rebellious nature <laughs> is still there. It's like, you're saying be good, and I automatically don't want to now. So, there's that. But So, today, we are going to be talking about living as examples for your kids. So, last week, we obviously talked about family devotions, the importance of that, having that time built into um, into your, into your schedule and how you do things. And this week, I think obviously you can do that and you can attend church and you do family worship, but what's going to really impact is like, how do they see you live? How do you, how do your kids see you interact with people? How, I guess the simplest way to put it is how do they see you taking the information you're, you're putting out or that you're getting from, you know, your Sunday morning corporate gathering and it actually impacts your life. Um, so this should be an incredibly convicting episode. Let's go. I mean, only if you're not perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, so I'm sorry. So, for, for you for, guys. For some of the listeners. For, for your, uh, yes, for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> you aren't quite to our, our level of entire sanctification. Um, you're uh, going to have a problem here. But um, not, okay. not us. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um. Uh, on a on a real note, um, I think uh, a good uh, Michael ask me where in Scripture we find uh, parents setting examples for children and it paying off. Hey Rob, where do we find examples of parents living out examples of children and it paying off? Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm glad that you asked that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was so concerned I was going to get that not verbatim. I was man. Yeah. Uh, because if you if you roll on over to Second Timothy, um, Paul said to Timothy toward the very beginning of the book in chapter one, uh, verse four and five, uh, he says this: "As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith." a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. In so from grandma to mama to Timothy, and you can bet that grandmother and mom back in this day and age probably weren't taking the lead and doing a sit down family worship time sort of a thing. Um, they likely told things to Timothy. They lived it in front of him. He saw them live a certain way that was different. He, they set the example, mm -hmm. right? I mean, certainly they would have taught him things, but 
Um, but this, this I think is an actual example of, of this playing out in scripture. And now it's, it ends with Timothy, the guy that traveled around with Paul, the, the, who ended up, uh, being a elder pastor, preacher, teacher at, at Ephesus. And, um, so well, it works. Well, yeah. And I think also, I mean, it's one of those things where even Paul, when he's telling, you know, fellow believers follow after me, like I follow after Christ Yeah. in mm-hmm. regards to, there's one thing. And I think this is where sometimes more of, I know I've fallen into this before. I know the people that are, that I know in my life that are like very doctrinally minded more so than, I mean, like just so focused on that. It's really easy to fall in into like knowing the right answer. And that's like, that's where that ends. Like, you know, the right theological answer to a question, but actually living that part out, that's where the whole thing falls short. And that's where people are like, well, do what I say, not what I do. Like that stupid cop outline. Um, But I think you said it in the last episode where like this actually speaks more volume than doing family, like family worship, as we talked about is incredibly important. But if you don't actually live out what you're teaching in family worship, then your kids are going to see through it. Not, I mean, everyone's going to see through it, but the people in your life every day are definitely going to see through it. I mean, you can preach about uh, giving grace and giving love and following after Christ. But if you know, they're, your family are going to be the people that are going to tell you are going to be able to tell you um, the unfiltered truth on if you actually demonstrate that grace and that love and all of that, mm-hmm. you're going to know that. So, um, I mean, that's where like, I know, especially for me when I get up and <laughs> I preach um, it's one of those things where like, I, I, I don't know if I know I've said it from the pulpit before. I don't, I know I haven't said it recently from the pulpit, but where I can be like, like my family's the one that knows if I actually do this because they're the ones that live with me every day. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, you know, dueling out examples of like, am I pursuing, like, for example, uh, the knowledge of Christ? Am I practicing self-control? Am I demonstrating love for the brother, right? Um, if, if they're going to know that, like I can say that, but they're going to know if I do that. And I think that's one of the things where this becomes, this can become very convicting because this is the process of, I, I've said it before, God uses the people around you to sanctify you so much. <laughs> To where um, I can, I mean, even the example I gave last week, where like the times that I don't want to do family devotions, and my father is like, my father is like, my father-in-law catches me and is like, "Oh, you gonna do those before you leave?" <laughs> and then that's the thing where it's one of those things where I can preach about and be like, "Yeah, Dad, you should lead your home." And those are the moments where, like, you know, that's where that that rubber meets the road, right? So I can preach that forever, but if my kids see, don't yeah. see demonstrating that, they're gonna have no. My daughter's not going to have any sort of frame of reference for a husband to do that later. Um, my son's not going to have any frame of reference to do that when he gets older and has a family. I can say that all day long until I'm blue in the face, but if I don't do that, there's nothing to model after. So, yeah. 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 I, um, <laughs> I think that first of all, if, if you, if you feel like you're doing a really good job at this, you need a, a better mirror because there's always just an, an epic amount of growth mm-hmm. to be had in this area. Um, and, and um, I've found for, for me that my kids are the ones who will tell me mm-hmm. um, often 
you know, whether it's, you know, like in the last episode, whether it's Wyatt coming and, and saying, oh, are we going to pray tonight or whatever? Um, or, um, or it's uh, an actual, you know, uh, so as a, for instance, okay. Um, there, I, I don't even remember what it was now, but uh, Donna and I were watching a TV show at one point and Wyatt came in and watched for a second and then said, why are you guys watching this? And I forget, I, I forget what he said, but it was something like there's already bad words in it or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it, he's always there to kind of like um, uh, sort of be that. Um, yeah. You're telling me I can't do this, but you're watching it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, they, they really do a good job. I, and I think, I think I know that you have examples. Everybody who's a parent has examples, good or bad, where, um, you, you're not really realizing that or thinking about it, but your kids are picking up on something that you're doing or saying. Yeah. And, uh, one of those good stories I'll share is, um, that, uh, Dallas was, uh, really young. Um, and it was not long after I got out of the Marine Corps. So why it was a baby, baby, uh, <clears throat> maybe a year old or something. Um, and, but Dallas, Dallas was pretty young and, I remember it was like the, my first moment of, oh my gosh, he actually does hear things, you know? Um, <laughs> and it was because, so we were in, um, that we rented this place at, at the time. And so uh, we were in this rental place and he, um, he found a craw, a little craw, wooden cross or something like that. Right. And he, he picks it up and he says, like the one Jesus died on. Right. And it was the first moment that I thought, Okay. Oh, okay. He, he, he learns. All right. Okay. So I better watch it. <laughs> he learned. Right? Um, uh, but they, they really, they really do just pick up on so much. Um, yeah. that, and I, I know whenever, uh, every once in a while, when you hear a youngster, um, curse, even though they don't have any clue what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but they say this word that, you know, good and well, right. Yep. They heard, uh, I'll give parents benefit of the doubt. They heard it from someone in their life, right? And and they probably hear it regularly enough that they remember it, and they, you know, um, and that it's just a part of everyday language. So while while in some ways um, people see that as kind of cute when a little kid does that, they don't understand what they're doing or whatever. Um, I wonder, I wonder if when that happens, God is, um, not a little bit infuriated more than, uh, um, you know, like, oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because it's one of those things where, I mean, you're the whole point is, oh, wait, where's that, you know, uh, oh, I've forgotten where it's at now. I know it's, it's the Sermon on the Mount. You would know this cause you preached there recently, but the whole, the idea that like, um, you know, if you, these, if you lead one of these little ones astray, it would have been better if you were to just like, you know, just go ahead and drown because that that's what you're doing. You're setting them up for this, for failure without even know you're doing like maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously setting them up for that. And that's one of the things like, uh, again, let me brag on my wife here. 
Um, there's times where like, I don't handle things very well, like stress. So I get angry really quick. And the other day I was trying to figure something out and it was not working the way it needed. It was something with the computer, I think. And I was just like, I'm going to throw this laptop across the room. And I was getting very angry. And she's like, Hey, Connor's watching you right now. Like he's learning how to process anger by how he's watching you process this right now. And what I've noticed is, especially even with, I mean, Haley being older now, there's some ticks that she got from me that I wish I could take back. Like, I wish I could just go back in time, be more aware of like how I handled situations because she's picked that up. Um, not, not necessarily just because she was around me. I mean, we have, she's basically my clone. Um, but so obviously some of that's just personality built in, but that, that makes me even more aware of how to handle myself because I know like her, I can't, it's just mind boggling how, how similar she is to me. Um, so now I know like, okay, well, I know how she's going to process it this way. So now I've got to get in front of that and teach her how to process it in a better way. Um, and not just like, you know, and I think that's one of the things that all parents don't really understand. Like you said, like you think it's cute for a while. Like, so for example, like somebody, you know, you're like stupid fridge and then the little kid goes stupid fridge and you're like, Oh, that's sweet. And you're not <laughs> realizing that like in that moment, like there's a reason they parroted you. Like they are watching you and do, doing what you do. Um, and that's where I think as Christians parents, like that's why family, you know, worship time, like we talked about last week is important because it does get ingrained in their brain. Like this is something we do, but the second, like that's only one, that's only one part of the process. That second gear that turns there is then they're then watching, like is being a hypocrite. Okay. Or not like, that's what they're picking up on. Like, is it okay to be hypocritical? Cause you're teaching me. So if you're being hypocritical, you're telling me that it's okay to do it this way. Um, so I think that's one of the things, especially as living out of examples. And here's the one thing I, I failed to say last week that I want to say this week. Like, you're not going to do it perfectly and that's okay. Like, I think that's something that I had to be told. Like, there was this thing in me where I, I, I felt like I had to be this perfect example. But there is something much to be said. And I think my parents did this pretty well. Much to be said of somebody that's able to say, hey, I screwed this up. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better on this. And because if all they have is this example of this perfect parent that does everything right all the time, which none of us are clearly, but even somebody that doesn't ever repent, somebody that doesn't ever ask for forgiveness, they're picking up on that too. So my goal is to be, and I don't do this well, but my goal is to be a parent that like lives out, not how to like avoid, you know, saying sorry, but how to own up to that and then, you know, grow from that. So, cause again, they're going to pick up on that. So yeah you living that is going to be their, their template, I guess. So I think one of the struggles that, that um, we have in the culture here, geographically, um, it, things are so much further apart. Um, so when your kids are in sports, um, you have to either do some sort of city league kind of a thing, or if, if I mean, so as a, for instance, if your kids are in football, like you're traveling, mm -hmm. it's not it, it, like growing up where we grew up in Indiana. Um, I mean, how far is that town? 25 minutes away or something yeah. here, close. Yeah. here. They, so um, my nephew 
nephews actually are on the varsity football team of a of their high school and um that this is about three i want to say around a three-hour drive away from here right wow um uh east uh and two fridays from now we're going to be 35 40 minutes west of here at one of their games so you're talking about like a four hour and this is just one of the games on their schedule that's one way right Right. so all that to say that when when um parents now here you get involved in baseball or football or soccer soccer not so much um but the real sports uh i'm I'm, I'm just joking i'm just i'm so sorry i'm sorry um uh, I said football. So anyone who takes soccer seriously, yeah, I already said that. football. Yeah. Um, but no, if, if you're, if you're in one of, one of these kind of major sports, right. Um, hockey up here, right. There's another thing. Um, you're, you're, you're talking traveling. The schedule gets kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm not saying anything, um, <laughs> but uh, actually hockey is one of the only, um, sports that I haven't seen a whole lot of wokeness from. So maybe that's the only real sport left. Who knows? Okay. Um, but when, when, um, when you get involved in that as a parent, you're, you're naturally going to be, um, missing a lot of other things, some of which includes church. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I, I know I know for a fact I've actually upset some people because from the pulpit, I said this kind of thing, you know, that like, um, I forget the, the text that I was in, but, um, specifically I, I talked about priorities, right? Like when, 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 um, we are responsible, right. To, to raise and train up a child in the way he should go. How, how should he go to Christ? We are responsible first and foremost as parents to, to train up our children um, to, to be disciples of Jesus Christ, the only hope that they will ever have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so no matter, no matter my intentions, no matter how good intention it is that, that I want, I mean, and team sports do have a lot of great things to, to train kids in and, um, and help them develop and that sort of thing. They're very beneficial. But if it causes me to not have them involved in anything in the church world, right, because of the schedules just conflicting, what I'm, what I'm telling them, whether I like it or not, is that this outweighs this, mm-hmm. right? That this is more important than this. Um, and so there are a lot of things, even our priorities, um, the things that we care about, right? If we care about, even if you're at church every Sunday, right? But through the week, you care about everything else more. And Sunday is just uh, checking the box for you. They're going to pick up on that too. And oh, yeah. they're not going to live for Christ. They're going to live for whatever and make sure they check that box, right? And it's going to be about keeping the law, right? Which isn't going to save anything. So. Um, everything that you do as a parent, um, bleeds into the life of your child. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think number one thing that we should 
um, that we should be ready to do at a moment's notice is what you've already said. I always need to be looking inside, looking in the mirror, seeing the ways that I'm failing, being open to be told how I'm failing. Mm -hmm. And I need to be ready at a moment's notice as a, as a dad and as a husband to repent. Yeah. And, and to do that with in, in front of my family and to apologize. And, and you know what? I've really dropped the ball here. And because that's an example for them as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that openness part that comes with, um, I mean, just to play off that, the end of the last episode, when you were talking about like, you know, how, how to prepare when you're just married before you have kids, because here's the thing, like, <laughs> you, you you can i guess just start this as soon as you have kids it's just going to be really clunky and it's going to be really difficult because there's not a structure there for you to do that with so it's not impossible but it's good that i mean even if you're single now building in something in your life so that when you do get in a relationship that's already built there mm-hmm. um and then i mean again you can start at any point it's just going to be harder the later you start but i say that to say this that when you have a relationship that is that is built in a godly way that, um, you know, you are leading as you should. And again, that's going to be guys. I, I talk to guys all the time, especially in premarital counseling where they're not used to this. And then it can go like a bad direction to where they're overbearing or it can go the other direction where they're just, they don't do anything. And, but the idea is that, you know, working that out when, before you have kids or working out the best you can before you have kids so that your, your kids can see that you are leading. I'm talking to men specifically here, but they can also see that your wife can call you out on some stuff that you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and so I say all of that to say that not that me and Christina have the perfect relationship, though. I think <laughs> knowing all of the people I talk to, I am blessed beyond measure in regards to how simple our relationship is. Um, but the idea being that like, there's lots of times where like, she's called me out on stuff as far as like mainly my phone. I'm like, Hey, good off Instagram. Stop making memes uh, during family time. And, but it's one of those things where, again, I say all that to say this, there's gotta be a time where you don't get defensive about that, regardless of what side of the relationship you're on and repent in front of your kids on that regard. And not like, okay, fine. You're being naggy, but a, you're right. This is a time for this. And you know, it's setting an example because on that same regard, uh, talking about like habits I've given Haley, like the other day when we were on vacation, <laughs> Christina has to be like, yo, if the Moors can get off their phones, that'd be great. <laughs> and so it was one of those things where it was like, you do teach your kids things, even if you don't think you're teaching them. Things. Yeah. And when you are called out to not be defensive about it and to be like, okay, no, you're right. We, yes, I repent of this. We, we you know, that set guidelines in place to not have this thing happen all the time. Um, but just, I, I just want to put that out there is one, like I've already said, you're not going to get this right all the time, which big surprise that shouldn't surprise you, but two, have a relationship built in which you are able to call each other out to repentance in gracious, loving ways. And you're not defensive when that happens. Like you're open to that because again, that, man, I can't say this enough. That sets them up for how their relationship is going to work later on too. Um, and yeah. what they should expect from, from their husband or wife later. So again, all of this, yeah. they don't tell you this when the little, you know, they get the pregnancy test and there's two lines and you're like all jacked and excited. And then that little baby comes out. You're like, Oh, everything will be perfect forever. And then, 
um, you know, then parenting really hits you and you, you start seeing the worst of you in your kid because they're mimicking you and you don't even realize you're doing it. And that's a wake up call um, to where you go, yeah. okay, wow, <laughs> this is going to be a very sanctified process for me. Uh, this little bundle of joy. So, yeah, I, um, and Wyatt is also the king. I'm, I'm learning through this uh, topic that we're talking about this month that he's kind of the little conviction monkey. <laughs> but, <laughs> you need to call home and be like, that, that's your new name now. You are the conviction yeah. monkey. Yeah, because he's, he's the one that uh, will actually get annoyed and be like, can, can you get off your phone and watch this with me? Or whatever, like if we're supposed to be spending time, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But, but yeah, I, I think, I think if there's, this is, and I've told my dad this too, that the, the, the one major thing I think that I always, always go back to and continuously think about, um, that had the biggest impact on me as a kid growing up was that my dad was not afraid to come to me as a stupid, ignorant, don't know anything kid. Mm -hmm and apologize and ask for forgiveness when he messed something up mm -hmm. and that that is that made a huge impact on me and and i think that 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 is so missing in our society mm -hmm. and in the church this um this uh willingness to look honestly in the mirror, hear words from others, honestly, and repent and ask for forgiveness and work to do better at this or that or the other thing. It's so missing from the church world today. Um, and, and I think part of that is why the reputation of the church gets damaged so much because we have these celebrity ish people who, uh, are, are Christians are strong Christians or claim to be Christians or whatever, who then epically fail. And the response isn't, um, the response is sort of a, well, if I hurt your feelings, then I apologize for my actions, you know, mm -hmm. which isn't a, 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 it's not a repentance thing at all. Right. Um, and, uh, not only that, but, but we set ourselves up for that failure in the first place by pretending like we're so perfect anyway, right? When like the whole, the whole message of Christianity is I'm not, that's the point, right? <laughs> and, and, and so when, when we demonstrate that, I know long, long trail to get back here, but, but when we demonstrate that to our kids, when we demonstrate a willingness to apologize to be wrong right and 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 understand that i'm wrong you know um and and man when i'm willing to do that to my wife yeah in front of my kids right when when they've witnessed me being in a mood or whatever and um she kind of says something um like generally with her it's uh, my wife is super gracious and she grew a lot when I was dealing with PTSD a lot, um, regularly, but, um, she'll just ask me something like, did something happen today, you know, or whatever. Right. 
<clears throat> I know what that means. It means you're a jerk right now. What's going on, right? <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, even though she wouldn't say that. Um, yeah. that that's, that's, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, how I respond to her, I have two boys, right? Mm -hmm. So everything that I do toward my wife yeah. is teaching them, <clears throat> oh, so this is how Christ loves his church. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> this is how I'm supposed to love my wife. Yeah. Christ acted some kind of way today to the church, dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, like what just when you think about everything that you do having an effect mm -hmm. and and maybe possibly sticking with your kids. Yeah. I mean, it makes it makes like man, walk softly, you know. Yeah. Well, and, like, it makes you about a the lot. things that you do makes you a lot more gracious <clears throat> as well uh, with that mindset and not, yeah. not, you don't act so, I mean, so for example, especially in, in Titus 2, I, I know in, in Second Peter as well, but it's mentioned all throughout the text. Those are two that are coming to mind. That whole self-control idea of like, like these are the things that will be evident in your life. I know specifically self-control is mentioned of men in Second in Titus chapter two. So that's the thing of like, you know, working that out and, demonstrating that and that shows through your understanding of like all right people are watching me right now um so i think there's a lot more to that too i think we're going to talk about more of a i guess a fleshed out version of that in the next episode uh when we talk about engaging with the culture then watching you specifically engage in the culture i think a lot of this episode has been about you know the interpersonal dynamics of how you operate with them how they're watching you do that specifically like within the context of your marriage but um next episode I think it'll be interesting in regards to piggying back on this as regards to, you know, you interacting with culture and teaching them how to do that as well. And we'll talk quite a bit more about that next episode. Is there anything you want to say to tie up this one or you think we're good? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think, I think we've said it. I, I mean, I think that the main thing is to understand go, going away that, that you, you know, Timothy, uh, Paul could have very well um, not, written this letter to timothy were it not for his grandmother and his mom yeah mm -hmm. living it in front of him right and and being examples and and so it it really it really truly is that big of a deal that you know um now of course god is sovereign he's he's gonna get to him uh regardless if if he sees fit to do that and um but but your obedience um very well may be or, that path of sovereignty <laughs> right yeah or or your lack of obedience yeah, <laughs> might yeah. might um you know uh no that's you, you, you're going to be an example that your kids use one day one yeah. way or the other yeah. <laughs> right well, and that goes i mean not to belabor this too long but that get i mean you're right there's lots of times where people i know especially within my church community just because of the church being around for so long um, they're, they will regularly, you know, give a testimony of sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so that was faithful in ministry and prayed for them and those prayers and that example. Mm -hmm. for, um, they never, they never will give a testimony about, well, they told me this or this one time, which occasionally that slips in, but by and large, it's always, they lived a faithful life and that gave me something to look for. Like that yeah. gave me something to look to. So, um, I think we can say a lot of things, but like you said, without that example, I mean, those words are empty. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
Like it or not, you're an example. Take that and chew on this week. <laughs> All right, guys. Next week, we'll be talking about uh, examples and living out, engaging in culture in front of your kids. I'm excited for that one specifically. Um, because I think that's, that's, that's like right up your alley, bro. Uh, well, I, All you do is engage with culture, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, that's something, especially now, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit as far as us both having kids that are becoming teenagers or are teenagers now. Ugh. But uh, <laughs> there's so much more with that when your kids get older. But we'll talk about that next week, guys. Thank you for listening. Right. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.